imagine if a pet had a little like little tights and, and you skids. Just... Skid. <laughs> like she was annoyed at me for taking my hat back. And I said, Nicholas Cage saw me. She said, it doesn't matter, get off the set. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Patchwork. My name is Dion and I am with Christian. Welcome to Patchwork. <laughs> and Josh. Welcome to Patchwork. Uh, Christian, on the back of last uh, episode, you having a go at me about the state of my car, um, we went to see Dr. Brian Green, who's an astrophysicist. Yep. We went to see a talk, but before the talk, we were lining up. All right, you got me. And we were, <laughs> I did and, go. <laughs> and we were mingling at the convention center, and I noticed a friend of mine uh, who was apparently running the whole thing and talked to him. And in our, in our current unemployed state, I was looking to... Um, extend the friendship of my friend to you to perhaps potentially get you uh, a job working for the not-for-profit that he works for. Mm -hmm. And the friend was very nice and he was very (laughs) pleased to meet you. And it sounded like he was quite interested in maybe having you on board. And so we had a little bit of a chat. He needed to go because he was organizing the whole event for this big not-for-profit. And Christian, do you remember when we we, uh, finally said our parting words, uh, and he said, it was really nice to meet you, Christian. <laughs> do, you, do you remember what you said to him? This is the head of the event, the, of the events department of a big not-for-profit that you potentially would want to work and volunteer yeah. for. Do you remember what you said to him, Christian? What was the thing? What were, what were the words that you uttered to him as he was walking away? I said, see you, cunt. <laughs> And that's not a joke. That's not a joke. That is something that actually happened. Now, if in it was in my defence, I was walking away. So whether <laughs> yeah, that-, that makes it way better, <laughs> yeah, also- you were moving. I wasn't looking at him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought it was just kind of mumbled. It just came out. To be honest, I was really worried about how easily it just is now in part of my vernacular. Yeah. But but also the other part in my defence, I'm not unemployed. You're unemployed. Don't bring me down in this sinking ship. No, being running your family business is not a form of employment. That's just something you fall into. It's like the it's like the 13 year old that's working at the charcoal chicken place because his Lebanese because <laughs> his Lebanese parents just have him in the in the business because they can't afford to pay you know the 16 year old acne faced girl that works at the place that deposits chips and <laughs> chicken onto people's plates. I still wake up with purpose. Dion, what's the best thing about being unemployed? Uh, the best... Well, a lot of people think that the best thing about being unemployed is that you have a lot of time to run errands. But the thing mm. is, is that when you work nine to five, sometimes you can catch a particular shop, like a post office that that opens till 5.30. You're like, great, I've got that half an hour gap. At the moment, I have all day to get errands done, but that does not equal productivity. And also, there aren't that many errands to run, but it also makes you think when you're unemployed, when did I get all this shit done when I was working? When the hell did this get done? I I think it's so strange that professions are open like generally nine to five because people that are working in them, how do they get to the other profession that they need? Where's the interaction happening? Because yeah, I've yeah. seen so often, it's uh, this weird notion when I see people wandering around, even when I'm one of those people wandering around in the city or something midweek, I'm like, what are you doing here? You should be at work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not at work. I think it's the people that are most perplexing to me are the, are the 
men and women that are in their active wear that are working out at 2.30 in the afternoon. Mm. Like, what, what, what is, what, what's happening? Why are you doing that? How can you afford to wear active wear and not be at work? <laughs> this is the illusion that Instagram is giving us because every single time I think about being unemployed and how I would better use my time, I always think about that I'm just going to go and interact with nature and I'm going to somehow just get into yoga because everyone on Instagram tends to be doing these things. Everyone's wearing active wear and they're all doing yoga and they're all going for hikes. Dion, have you gone for a single hike since you've been unemployed? <laughs> just to the post office. That's yeah. it. That's one of the top of, top of a thousand steps. There's a post office up there. I feel like, honestly, the best use of your time now, being unemployed, create like... Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. This isn't a consult. <laughs> this is not me asking for your career advice. You, I know what's best for me. Dion, I run the chicken shop. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you? <laughs> no, Dion, honestly, I think what you should be doing is opening like 20 Instagram accounts, yeah. one for every area of interest. Just take other people's photos and post them. Do that all day and just hope one of them takes off. Just had an idea, like a business idea. Is there active wear for... <laughs> is that it? Is there active wear for pets? Is it active wear for cats? <laughs> There's raincoats and, and woolly things. Can you imagine if a pet had a little, like, little tights? Some and you skins. Just, skin? <laughs> Some furs. Just run, just chases that bird a lot quicker. Some God. furs is good. <laughs> That's such an incredible idea, honestly. Why is that a good idea? It's a great idea. It's, it's a good idea in as much that idiots would buy it. Yes. It's not a good, a practical idea. Thank no, you. not at all. Talking about being unemployed... I've got a friend who recently quit his job because he's going to start his own business and he actually got a payout from his work that he wasn't allowed to work for three months, like oh, a non- wow. non-competition thing. I'm like, that is like the best form of being unemployed. It's like, yeah. I actually can't work. I actually can't work and I'm still being paid. Hang on. So, there was a non-compete with every single profession. Yeah, it's so strange. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But it was like he was still getting paid for like three months after he quit. I've never even heard of a concept so, like that. Yeah. So they're going to find him making coffee somewhere. It's like, get out. <laughs> this is against the contract. Yeah, yeah give us the money but I know, back. It's, it's big in acting. Like if you do particular ads and stuff, oh, yeah. they really have to compensate you because you're like the face of a brand. So like if you're if you do for instance a Coke ad, you like might have a thing that you can't do any Pepsi ads or something like that. I think yes. that was something I had a friend when I was younger that used to do acting, but they were always really concerned about being typecast. I, I, and that friend like was, uh, as, was as an actor. Yeah, as an actor. <laughs> no, but like so they they wouldn't do stuff on they wouldn't do stuff on Neighbours or wouldn't do ads because then they'd be that kid. Do you Amazing! That? I love the idea of you just waiting for your big break without any lead up. I know that's yeah, yeah exactly yeah. I was typecast. I used to be an extra and every single time that I was called to set, they'd always go, okay, we need someone who's kind of the, you know, the thuggish, that guy there. Or, oh, we kind of need someone who is a bit sketchy, that guy there. At one point, I was the guy who was putting bets on the horses. I've been that guy. I've been bully. I've been captain of the footy club. So I've kind of like just very... And if any of this real, like to real life, is it any, anywhere close? Yeah, it's so true. Is it any, am I What's the captain of the life? footy club? <laughs> I'm doing a podcast in my mum's home <laughs> on a fucking Wednesday afternoon. Hang on, but what, what, what roles would you have preferred? Like if they were calling out your name to be a particular role, what would it have been? A handsome man with a large <laughs> cock. <laughs> on the topic of being unemployed, um, I found that playing social sport 
has actually become a top priority because it's the one time where I can like do something during the day because and, all and forget about the rest of your life. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, <laughs> for it's forty a, minutes, yeah, forty minutes, two twenty-minute halves. I can forget everything. But isn't it the most frustrating thing in the world? Organizing a social sport team. It is. Awful. It just depends on the commitment. If you've got a committed team of X number of people, you're fine. When you're down, because I do netball and I umpire netball and yep. have a team and I've had a team for many years. And like you normally have seven on a team. There was a season when we had like five regulars and every single week looking for fill-ins is just the biggest yeah. pain in the it's ass. It's the worst. So I'm wondering what is it about social sport? Is it, the, is it the fact that it's called social sport? Because it's organized sport. You make a commitment, you pay money. What is it about it? I'm curious, Josh. With that netball team that you started, how long has it been going? Years, probably years. three or four years, I reckon. I think the key is to get people in early and and that's how you get the commitment. Before people have jobs and lives that take their priority. But that said, the team name remains. It's literally me is the only person from the original team when it really? started. Really? Yeah. So it was all, it used to be a bunch of sort of school friends. And then over the years, it sort of people dropped off and boyfriends and friends and girlfriends and stuff came in and then friends came in. Yeah. And now it's a completely different team to what it used to be. And now we're really good. <laughs> so you've actively gone recruited. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I can't, I can't get people organized. You can't incentivize it enough. There's got to be a way. There's got to be an amazing way to get people on board because it's almost like people are bad nowadays with... Um, with committing to things, but I feel like social sport is like the bottom of the barrel, getting a commitment from people. I think part of the problem might be that people go a bit funny, a bit of white line fever. And maybe some people, it's like the Incredible Hulk, like they don't realise until they get on that court. Because I had a few incidences, which is just crazy because I've umpired for many years. And this one time, this girl, she just got really upset. It wasn't me as the other umpire. She got really upset with the other umpire for some reason. And then she just kind of flipped out. And then, like, lifted her top up over her head and ran around the court screaming, I'm the umpire, I'm the umpire, I'm the umpire. Like, what is going on in your life that this is happening when you come to social sport? I don't understand. Can we get her on the show? (laughs) That's such a strange reaction to have, to lift your top up. Yeah, it's really weird. Was everyone... You're doing it now, Christian. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Josh, I'm Josh. (laughs) I'm in a podcast. The other thing coming from an umpiring perspective that I find very strange, like when you're kids and you're playing sport and that kind of thing, you're a bit immature. When you become an adult, I find it bizarre when there's an instance where I'll make a call or something. It's like, oh, you just push this person. Quite clearly, very clear. I saw it. I'm like, no, I didn't, mate. Don't know what we're oh, talking about. I'm yeah. like, you're a grown adult. Why are you lying to me? Yeah. Like, I know what you did. I saw what you did. Yeah, Why are you defending weird. yourself? That's weird. Do you think that's what happens? People regress back to... Like their primal yeah. selves, their children. It is pretty primal. Like I had this, I had this experience. Where I was, I was playing this um, football, AFL nines, like a version of Australian football, and I was going up for a mark, and this guy came behind me and like hit me over the head, and it hurt a lot, and I went flying through the air, and he hit the ground, and as I was flying through the air, there was this. I had this feeling. I was like, I could avoid this guy you know, when coming down or I could sink my <laughs> knees into him, and I don't think I've ever done it before. So I was going through the air. And then my knees just went straight sort of into his <laughs> neck and into his sort of sternum. 
And then I looked around and his teammates were coming from all angles. Whoa. Christian, I think you might have been playing in that same was, game. Yeah, but the- Teammate came from all angles. Christian, you d- didn't come in to defend me, which is quite interesting. I well, wanted to address that with you. Really? Do you want to address it now? I'd love I'll to. I'll tell you the reason that I didn't come to defend Dion mm. is because the team all ran towards him. And he said, no, 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 I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. That's why it was over he before it began. Himself. He could defend But himself. Dion's description of him flying through the air yeah. and then kind of inconspicuously, I'm going to decide whether it was very blatant that he decided. <laughs> Decided at it's one true. point in time, there's going to be a knee deliberately dove into this guy's but, back. But it was deemed by the umpire. The umpire said, it was a free kick to you, but I've reversed it because you put your knees into his good. neck and sternum. Good call. I'm right behind <laughs> yeah, it was, it was Yeah, it was really good umpiring. I would have thought, Christian, with your extras casting, you would have been straight in there, laying at the punches, <laughs> getting takes, some good work. It takes me too long to get into character. <laughs> um, were they TV shows or movies or I, short I, films? I did uh, all Australian television and one international movie. What was it? Okay, so this is incredible. I was on the set for Knowing, which is a Nicolas Cage film that they shut down Spring Street for. I was at first going to be a featured extra. So I was within two meters of Mr. Nicolas Cage as he drove his car through what was a post-apocalyptic landscape. And I was in Spring be- Street. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. not much has changed. Yeah. <laughs> and I was supposed to be banging on his window. So I was going to be very clearly in shot. But before filming, they gave us one very clear rule. So this is about four years ago. This, uh, no, maybe even longer. Six years ago. They said, do not look at Mr. Cage. Oh, fuck off. Yeah. Don't look at Mr. Cage and do not take a photo of Mr. Cage. What did I do? I walked away slightly. <laughs> And I very, I thought I was very inconspicuous about it. I took my phone out. Had a selfie stick and extended it. (laughs) And a very large flash, an antique flash. Put up my photography umbrella. And you said, Nicholas, Nicholas. (laughs) Smile. The most amazing thing is I took a photo. The assistant director walked up to me and said, okay, you're offset. And I said, well, what did I do? What did I do? She said, Mr. Cage spotted you taking a photo of him. That's great. And I said, Nicholas Cage saw me. She said, it doesn't matter. Get off the set. <laughs> Maybe that's it. like his superpower, his special power. He knows when people have their phones <laughs> out looking at him. Have you gone back to watch the film, that particular scene and gone, oh, yep, I could have been in there. Could have been me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it very obviously would have been me because I saw my replacement. <laughs> oh, my God. Did yeah. he look exactly like you? That was a small Asian woman. <laughs> And now it's time for Monotoly. In Monotoly, all three of us attempt to engage in an incredibly monotonous and flaccid conversation set in a new location every week. This week, we roll the dice and find ourselves in the cinema. Hi there, I just wanted to get some popcorn and some Coke, please. Sure, could I get your movie ticket? Yep, there you go. Thank you very much. Okay, so that was a popcorn and a Coke. Did you want to purchase any of our deals instead? So, uh, what are the deals? Yeah, so if you look just above my head here, we've oh, yeah. got the popcorn, mm-hmm. the it's a large popcorn, a large Coke, mm-hmm. and a, a Mars bar, and that's all $10. $10? Yeah, yeah. It's quite a lot of money for... <laughs> well, <laughs> individually, they're, they're relatively more expensive, so I'd probably recommend getting the combo. How much are they individually? Uh, so the popcorn individually is six dollars. The yep. Coke is five, and the Mars bar is four. Really? 
Yeah, so it's pretty good value. It's probably yeah, it's it's probably the best I get. Otherwise, you can get the uh, the family combo, which also has two hot dogs. Two hot, do- but I've got there are five people in my family, so that won't that <laughs> okay, won't, so that won't get, suffice. So you can get two of the large combos, and then we can also add another hot dog in. Hi, excuse me. Sorry, can I just come through, please? Hi. Um, I was just after some popcorn and a coke, please. Sure. Can I grab your movie ticket? Uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, I still haven't paid for mine. No, sorry. I'm I'm in line. It's I'm yeah. I'm here for the three twenty S- session. So please. it's five thirty. Yeah, but the, it's three twenty. Is that? No, no, no. But so your film is is almost finished. I'll have I'll have the family. No, excuse me, sir. I'm in line. Mm. Surely there's a lot of previews and ads. The previews, and yeah, the previews. I go thought for they about... normally go for like two hours. Is that is that not right? <laughs> nah, nah. I think they're actually letting. I think they're actually letting the people out of the cinema now. Oh, so, okay. Um, yeah. Do you have any combos that have like a Coke, a popcorn, and maybe two hot dogs? <laughs> but the film's not on. That's okay. I'm, I'm on my way home. I need something. <laughs> Sorry for the ride home. <laughs> I was at a multi-day camping music festival um, the other week and for one of the nights, me and my friends, we all got dressed up um, as like sailors and we had like sailors hats and that sort of thing. And so we're in the crowd and this girl from sort of back into my left just sort of grabbed my hat off uh, and put it on, like trying to flirt or whatever, be fun. And I was just like, nah, just can I have my hat back, please? <laughs> no. <laughs> I just, yes. just straight away took it back off her head, put it back on. Like 15, 20 minutes later, same girl, does it again. <laughs> and like, I didn't even study her or look at her or anything. <laughs> I just turned around and was like, just going to take my hat back again. I just, I'm like, I'm not interested in like, like it's, it's fine if you're single and that kind of thing. And it's a bit fun and flirty, but I'm like, I pass that point. I'm like, don't take my hat. I just let me wear my hat. Yeah. I've got, I've got two, two really big issues here. Okay. The first issue pertains to hat hair. Okay. <laughs> now I feel particularly vulnerable to hat hair. For some reason, when I put a hat on, doesn't matter how quickly I put it on, doesn't matter how I push my hair, how gently I press the hat into my head. As soon as I take the hat off, it's like all the hair from the top of my skull has slipped to the crown and I've just got nothing on top and it's completely flat. So that's one issue I have, a really big issue with people taking my hat. The second is... The idea that that is flirting, right? I think that harks back to girls thinking or even guys thinking that it's kind of sexy to wear your boyfriend or girlfriend's clothing. It's No, it's not about them wearing a boy's hat. There is. Okay, so I'm really glad you debated me on this because there's an entire style of fashion known as boyfriend. Oh, yeah, okay. so true. Boyfriend pants. Thank you. So I got on the Wikipedia page. <laughs> in fashion design, primarily in ready-to-wear uh. lines, boyfriend is any style of women's clothing that was modified from a corresponding men's garment. Examples include boyfriend jackets, boyfriend oh. jeans, and boyfriend blazers, which are often more unisex and looser in appearance and fit than most women's jackets or trousers. But they're not taking off your pants and putting them on at the music festival. <laughs> it's just the hat. It's just the hat. Um, isn't that like, 
the the fashion designer that came up with that concept, how mm. uninventive is that? Just coming yeah. up or just and why are they calling it boyfriend as well? It's just the guy it's just guy version. It, you know, boyfriend It's just oversized clothes. <laughs> it, it's so strange that hip hop designers and stuff did oversized clothes in like the the 80s and 90s and then the grunge scene in the 90s and then for some reason as soon as girls did it was like it's boyfriend it's just strange it's because it's bigger but but i wonder what else boyfriend could extend to in terms of other products maybe like a boyfriend dishwasher or something just a little bit bigger and a little bit saggy or they just like um axe body spray and stuff (laughs) but i get the sense christian that that annoys you why does it it annoy you it annoys me because what if your what if your girlfriend's bigger than you (laughs) <laughs> oh that doesn't happen and, does then, it? She, and then she puts your, she your puts clothes something. on and they're just really tight fitting she looks like it's like normal girl clothing yeah. again yeah. <laughs> it's normal clothing so do you wear any girl well you wear girlfriend clothes what do you mean I wear yeah well, well you I'll wear very girl. tight shorts and very, <laughs> you're, very, you're wearing hot pants today <laughs> You also wear you wear tight jeans, presumably they they but you'd but they'd never market them as girlfriend jeans because no one would buy them, would they? To be honest, I think the thing that irks me the most is the fact that when they're wearing the boyfriend style, they're very verbal about oh these are boyfriend <laughs> this like, and then yeah. I feel like their posture changes as well. They become quite relaxed, like everything's they very start, loose. They start eating a bunch of chips all the time, <laughs> and drinking beer, watching sports. Yeah. <laughs> The thing I don't like about the girls taking the hat, though, is the presumption that I can take your hat and mm. it doesn't matter. Mm. It's like, mm. I would never go to, like, a random girl and just take off their earrings or something. So, <laughs> just, <laughs> I'll just wear these. I'll be flirting. So usually, so, usually, Josh, when you bring up something like this, I'm on your side. With this, I don't, I don't really get it. Like, you were dressed as a sailor. You had a sailor's hat. She was trying to be cute. I mean, I don't mind the first one, but to go back again after I've clearly just gone, yeah. I'll have that back, thanks. Yeah. Going back is pretty strange. Because I had one girl, uh, this is same festival years earlier. I think, no, 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 I think it was at Uni Games or something. <laughs> it anyway. was a real sailor <laughs> and she was just about to board a ship. <laughs> and I had just uh, like a 90s style hat, whatever. And this girl just took it and I did the same thing. I was like, I'll take that, please. And then she grabbed it and just threw it into the crowd. That's like she was shit. annoyed at me for taking my hat back. I'm, a, I'm annoyed at you for being so nondescript about the 90s style hat. What's a 90s style hat? It's just, you know, that sort of spray graffiti, just, black and fluoro. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, a yeah. Nintendo 64 on his head. <laughs> so last weekend I moved into a pretty hipster kind of suburb in... The city of Melbourne, cool. uh, very, <laughs> very gentri- very gentrified. Um, but one of the conversations I heard uh, when I was having uh, lunch at a cafe was a girl was describing how she uh, is minimising the the amount of meat in her diet, and the girl said, "Oh, there's a there's a label for that. You're you're a flexitarian." What? So a flex. So I looked it up, uh-huh. and a flexitarian is basically it's a plant-based diet <laughs> with the occasional inclusion of meat. Now, at the moment, Christian has oh his God. mouth open because I don't know whether you're so astounded that it has a label, or whether you're really looking forward to using the label yourself. <laughs> when people say, you know, are you a vegetarian or vegan? No, 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 flexitarian. <laughs> It made me think when I heard that, why are people, is it just this generation? Why are people so desperate to attach labels to things that they do? With this flexitarian thing, what is the determination of that? Like how much meat are you allowed? Is it a per day thing? Is it a per week? Exactly. And yeah. is there a new term if you if you pass that threshold? <laughs> is there a new intermediary term which is like semi-vegetarian? Semi, it's a semi-flexitarian. Semi-flexitarian. <laughs> 
but yeah, it made me think. So there's um there's another word that I came across as well. So I sort of looked into these labels, and there's a label um called sapiosexual, and I actually really like this. I've heard of this. You've heard of this. I really like this term, but I don't like the fact that there's a label attached to it. All sapiosexual is is when someone finds intelligence the most attractive feature of a person. And you know where I saw that. Years ago on Tinder, it was on someone's profile. I'm a sapiosexual. Yeah, it was oh. like, and if you don't know what that means, look it up. <laughs> oh, my God. I've... But yeah, it's, it's, it's basically being aroused by intelligence. But really, does that need a label? But what, like, I love the idea of like, oh, you're playing chess with someone. <laughs> yeah. Just getting off on it. You're still on Tinder. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I thought it was just having sex with people who are shaded brown. <laughs> They're sepiosexual. Very good. Very good. Um, but there's also, have you heard of a reductitarian? It sounds like a type of dinosaur. <laughs> the reductitarian. No, so- but a reductitarian is basically, it's, it's, it's an identity or it's like a movement, but it describes the same thing as a flexitarian. It's reductitarian and flexitarian. So I just don't know what what's the use of this. Like I, I don't understand what the use for is. me the to to use the term flexitarian. You're going to have to say, "Oh, it means I've yeah. minimised exactly, meat in my diet." Exactly, exactly. Instead of just going, "I've minimised meat in my exactly. diet." Exactly, but cool. I, but it's it's not a mainstream. It's just not a mainstream mainstream term, and never will be. So, what's the point in having a word that describes something so nuanced? I'm really conflicted here because I kind of like the idea of having labels because it means that we're courteous to each other. But I also like the idea of not having labels because it means that we just accept each other for who they are. It's kind of, I think everyone's in this middle ground where we end up just hating everyone. (laughs) I think there's also an element of pretentiousness as well in that. Like you can just say, like you don't even need to have that conversation. No one needs to know what I'm eating and the the divisions of meat and plants. And I think think it's also about economies of words. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. true. Like I explained too much. Just give me one word to get it all out That's a good point. It's people just not... Wanting maybe this is just about people not wanting to talk to yeah. other people, <laughs> and sometimes I'll be honest, labels are super important. For example, we all have a mutual friend who is very, very, very allergic to nuts, <laughs> and I wasn't particularly considerate of this, nor probably did I really think about it actively. So there was a night that I'd consumed a lot of nuts of all different varieties. And then I was we we had a bit to drink and I was very handsy and I started kissing him on the um on no the cheek. Way. And his cheek blew up. What? His throat started sw- <laughs> <laughs> His throat started swelling over. Oh shit. And I was like, oh my god, I've just kissed you on the cheek. And he's like, Yeah, I'm I'm severely allergic to nuts. And I was oh like, my god. this guy in his everyday interactions now. Has to be careful, even like shaking guys' hands. They may have been scratching oh. their nuts or something. <laughs> Back to the sexual side of these labels. Um, one thing I find really weird is all like fetish labels for all those different kind of things. Yeah. And I always wonder, like, how does one discover their fetish? Great. Like, do you ease into it? Like, one day you just get oh. a bit of piss on your leg and you go, oh. <laughs> Oh, that was that was great. Dion, yeah. you've pissed all over the floor. <laughs> I know I have. I think it's more not that was great. It's more that's not as bad as I thought it was. <laughs> I'm not disgusted by yeah. that. Oh, it's quite warm. <laughs> so since 2012, some Melbourne households have been subject to a number of crimes that have been perpetrated by a group known as the Apex Gang. So if you're not aware of who the Apex Gang are, they're basically a very large group of predominantly teen boys 
that have been running rampant through neighborhoods committing like armed burglaries and assaults. So they're mostly below 18 years old. I was at the football last weekend with a friend and he told me that one of his clients, who was very well off, had his car stolen by the gang. So apparently they'd been taunting him on Facebook and <laughs> LinkedIn during the weeks <laughs> before. Yeah, yeah. Teens on LinkedIn. <laughs> during the weeks before and hinting that they were going to rob his house and steal his car. So what blew me away the most about it wasn't really that they were able to like <laughs> tell him and like kind of steal he was going to steal his stuff after weeks of bullying, but more so that they were kind of demonstrating this level of organization. <laughs> Like, this is a large group of mostly delinquent teenagers who have, A, identified which house in the area they want to rob, B, researched the owner of the house, C, contacted said owner over varied social media (laughs) platforms, and D, executed point A. It kind of sounds like they're unintentionally really great students. Can I add an E to that? E have a second and third connection with them on LinkedIn so they can message these people. I love so-and-so of the Apex gang endorsed you for being a, for being a victim. So... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then it happened. I received a letter in the mail. No. It was addressed to me and on the back there was a stamp that read Apex Proprietary Limited. <laughs> You're kidding me. I opened the letter and beneath a very minimal letterhead, it read, Dated 4 April 2017. <laughs> Dear Mr. Pizzasali, congratulations. After careful consideration, Apex PTYLTD is proud to announce that your home has been selected as feature property in our next round of vandalisms. This letter serves as notice that on 28 July 2017, between the hours of 10pm and 4am, some of our officers will be visiting your property. Please ensure that you are either A, not home, B, fast asleep, or C, alert but not alarmed. Our officers are experienced delinquents and ask only for your cooperation during this time. We cannot wait to see you on 28 July and ask that you leave this letter on your fridge as a reminder of our forthcoming visit. We will most likely not steal your fridge, but it mostly depends on how much room your car has. <laughs> kind regards, the team at Apex Proprietary Limited. Are you gonna, I think you need to leave some uh, cookies and milk out for them as well. Yeah. The carrot. The funny thing is, Josh, you just mentioned LinkedIn yeah. and about how they were endorsing them as victims. <laughs> What's nuts about LinkedIn, and I really have been meaning to discuss this with you, Dion, is why have you been endorsed for dog grooming? (laughs) Good Um, question. No comment. (laughs) But that's the thing. You can endorse... I can endorse you for anything. How does LinkedIn have any veracity if I can endorse you for dog grooming and then it's official? Yeah. Have you yeah, ever groomed a dog right. in your life? But or, no, well, yes, but also, <laughs> but also, it's this thing of you could coordinate all your friends, like sixty of your friends, to endorse you for different stuff. Talking about the Apex Gang and, and youth crime as such, um, I was thinking to the most criminal thing that I ever did as a kid, and it was when I was probably in primary school. And me and my mates, you know, you ride your bike everywhere, and we went down to Linden Park. And as kids sometimes do, play with matches and fire. So we got all the dry grass. They just mown the lawns of the park. So we had all this grass. And we just kind of were making this little fire bit. And it got a little bit out of control. That smoke just started coming out of heat. Oh and we, we freaked out. 
So we kind of just jumped on our bikes, rode like to the other side of the park, and we looked back, and this huge smoke cloud oh <laughs> was just floating God. across the park. The fire didn't take off or anything like that, but it was just a shitload of smoke. And we're like, oh, I think we've gone too far, guys. I feel like at wow. that age, you probably wouldn't have been able to foresee how just how dangerous that was. Mm. On another point, though, I love whenever Josh tells a story about him as a youth, it's always me thinking, where is his long hair <laughs> yeah. going, to, going to come into the story? It just I just catches thought fire. Yeah, I thought you were- <laughs> The whole thing goes up. Problem solved, mum. Problem solved. <laughs> Colin Bowman comes along. <laughs> Christian, did you ever get involved in doing any graffiti or anything like that? Uh, no, no. I was always very involved with the debating team. We always, for some reason, debated, is graffiti up or not? Because <laughs> I, I always wonder with kids, and when you grow up, do you hit this age where you go... Why? Why was I doing graffiti? Why was yeah. I tagging stuff? Maybe so I guess some people would continue. Uh, like I, I remember, kids. There was a discussion at school about the tags that they had. Tags are how, just how do people dumbest. come up with those tags? I saw a tag yesterday that was pork. <laughs> what? That was their tag. It was pork. People just inscribe pork on all over this oh, building. Great. Classic. It's like yeah. It's just like what I else did you consider? I don't mind like proper artwork pieces, but yeah, the tags on random stuff makes no sense to me, Christian. I feel like the one tag that I ever did, uh, I feel very ashamed to have done it, but it kind of lived in infamy throughout my year level. So it was on a desk in the chemistry room and it's probably, it probably sums up me a little bit. So basically, It's a big swastika. In, 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 yeah, yeah. in chemistry, there are concepts, I'm not going to go into them, about oxidation and reduction. There's also a way that you can remember about loss of electrons and gain of electrons. There's this um, formula and it's oil rig. Right? That's how you remember. Oxidation is loss. Re- reduction is gain. Good. Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I wrote on a table at the back, oxidation is loser. <laughs> reduction is gumboot. <laughs> we need to track down that desk. <laughs> oh, that'll, that'll show the science teacher. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. That was, that's the we most had, I ever graffitied in my life. We had a genius in this class. No, I remember, I actually, I inscribed something on a desk as well, but I don't recall what it was. I think now, I think the worst thing you can do on a desk is the, the chewing gum at the bottom of the desk. I cannot stand that because I often cross my legs like they are now and often my knee will touch the top of the table and I have got many, many times gum on the top of my knee into my jeans and it really pisses me off. And the people who do it, I remember I spoke to someone, they're like, oh, yeah, I do that. I'm like, haven't you ever got like felt under a table and got gum on your fingers or on your pants? And they're like, yeah, I have. I'm like, then why do you keep doing it? <laughs> have you never heard of a bin? Yeah. You, sorry, you look like you have a go at me. I don't do it. You sound like such a bitchy schoolgirl then. Um, have you never heard of a bin? Actually, that reminds me of uh, when we went to dinner a couple of weeks ago and we had the most incredible waitress uh, come up to us. So we walked into this Japanese restaurant and there was a waitress there. She would have been for maybe late 40s, early 50s. She's Japanese. To be honest, she could have been anywhere between 30 and 50. That's she true. Was, and she was, she was Caucasian. Yeah, it was in quite an affluent part of town. Uh, and she, so the first thing she said to us was, Hi guys. <laughs> and this is not, I don't think this is actually exaggerating. Hi guys, do you have a booking tonight? <laughs> oh, like, yeah, yeah, we booked, we booked for four under my name. Okay, let me show you to your seat. And then, so we ushered to our seat, took us down, you know, sat us down at the table. Would you like sparkling or tap water to start off tonight? I would just have tap water. That's fine. 
Okay, let me get that for you. Do you guys also want any beer? <laughs> and and Dion, as much as it sounds ludicrous, that is an spot-on impression. <laughs> this woman exists. Yeah. It was incredible. So she was serving us all night and going, "Do you guys want any? Do you guys want some starters?" It's, 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 like the one, it's like yeah, it's like once she started speaking, her mouth relaxed, and the other words were trying to fight for the last remaining space <laughs> as her mouth closed. The weird thing is, like, is that her affecting that voice when she's at work? Or does she always speak like that? Because I find... Maybe it's training that all the waitresses get. Yeah. We didn't speak to anyone else, but everyone talks like that. And they talk like that. The chefs talk like that in the kitchen. Like, Can you pass me that bowl of rice? It's really looking sad. Two more steaks for table yeah. three. What's even a steak anymore? <laughs> You're fired. You're a shit dish pig. Yeah, but you've got a shit voice as well. But Do you want another beer? <laughs> <laughs> but I was wondering the, the way that voice is affected that news readers do it as well. Yeah. Like, mm. like you just take, for instance, Jane Bunn, who does the weather. But any of them, they do this weird way they talk. It's like, and it's like, what, this is what you normally say. You go, it's going to be 23 degrees later today. And it's going to be 23 degrees Later, later today. today. It's like, no, just speak like a normal human being. Do you think that Jane Bunn's parents had a discussion that <laughs> they that like her dad sort of went, It's if we call her Jane, it's gonna be two one syllable <laughs> names. Is that okay? And the mum was like, No, I'm not really sure if that's a great idea, isn't it? No, no, just trust me, Jane Bunn. <laughs> Everyone will refer to her as the double banger. <laughs> Jane Bunn. You're never gonna call her Jane. I don't know if Bunn. I can think of anyone that has to, like uh, both names, one syllable. Can you think of anyone? Really? There's a footballer called Aaliyah Aaliyah. That's Aaliyah four. Aaliyah? That's four, you mate. idiots. No, not, I'm not talking about syllables. I'm talking about he's got the same name. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he's... What? No, no, no. Here, let me, let me preface Here, it this Aaliyah. way. Ready? So the baby's come out and then the dad, maybe Sam Aaliyah, the mum, Maria Aaliyah, go, yep. what are we going to call him? I don't know. Travis? No, I'm, I, I'm fresh out of ideas. You know, you know what? All I can think about is Aaliyah. I guess. Yeah, fuck it. Let's just do it. So what? Hang on. Just Aaliyah? No, no, no We'll just do it twice. <laughs> Should we do it three times? Does he need a middle name? No, no, no. That's overkill. <laughs> really, really good. You know what's really, really good? Really, really good. You know what's really, really good? You know what's really good? When you wash your clothes and hang them out to dry on a really hot day. (laughs) Really good. Really good. Really good. You know what's really good? Finally learning how to properly use cloud storage and, <laughs> and never having to worry about losing all your data ever again. Really good. Really good. Really good. Really good. You know what's really good? When a co-worker prints out a meme and it actually makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> really good. Really good. Really good. You know what's really good? Tourists walking around and enjoying your city. <laughs> Really good. Really good. Really good. You know what's really good? When a restaurant has their music at an appropriate volume for a restaurant. Really good. Really good. Good. Really good. Really good. You know what's really good? Ribena. Really good. 
Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. If you have suggestions or you'd like to submit a really good, uh, you can search for Welcome to Patchwork on Facebook. That's Welcome with a W, not a V. And if you're enjoying our podcast, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. Uh, It really helps us out and it will make you feel good about yourself because you'll receive a voucher from iTunes (laughs) in the mail. Thank you for listening to Welcome to Patchwork. I have been Dion. I've been Josh. And I've been Christian. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.